Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is first of all not in a garbage bag. Second of all, is sponsored um, in honor of Sammy Sutton and all that he does to help everybody in the many ways that he does so. Sponsored by Rafi Hasmani and family. Azaku Baruch. Rabotai, there's a beautiful understanding in this week's parasha that I think oftentimes is really uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't get the credit it deserves. And that is as follows. We learn about Yaakov Avinu, that Yaakov Avinu represents a specific character trait. Each one of the Avot, they represented a certain character trait. You had Abraham, Chesed, Yitzchak, Givuraz, in a strength. What is Yaakov's Midah? His Midah is Emet, Tiferet, okay? Now this concept of Emet, where do we find that, Abra- that Yaakov represents Emet? The Pasuk says, Titen, Emet Yaakov, Esed Avraham, okay? Why Yitzchak is not brought down in that Pasuk, I'll let you think about it. Interesting, right? Not only that, why is it out of order? Shouldn't it say, Titen, Chesed Lavraham, Emet Yaakov? So again, second question. I'll leave, you, I'll leave you to think about that. Either way, what we see from the Pasuk is that Yaakov was considered the man of truth, Ish Emet. Now the problem is, when you meet Yaakov Avinu, he doesn't actually seem like he's standing up to that which is his name. Like, that would be, it seems like, calling me Mr. In Shape. You know, it's a little bit uh, problematic, because you could see that there's, uh, you know, that's not exactly, I'm not exactly what my name seems to indicate. Right? What happens? He's uh, told by his mother to dress up, wear the, the fur on your arm. Yani, you know, uh, Esav must have been Sephardic, that his arm was, you know, literally the amount of hair of an actual goat. Right? Amazing thing. Okay, and go in, and he'll feel you, and he'll think that you're Esav, right? And Yaakov goes in, and he does it. He tricks his father. And his father asks him, who are you? And he says, Anochi Esav b'chorecha. I am Esav, your firstborn son. Minen Luen, where does the man of truth come off, coming to his father and telling him, I'm Esav, your firstborn, to get the Beracha? How could that be a man of truth? Very famous question. There's a lot of answers to this question, but I just want to share with you a powerful answer um, from Rav Galinsky, a beautiful, beautiful answer, which I think also communicates what it was that Yaakov Avinu was doing, and also a deeper insight into the topic at hand as well. The Pasuk tells us that when Yitzhak heard that Yaakov, that Yaakov had tricked him and came to take the Beracha, what's Yitzhak's response? I would have imagined that if Yaakov needed to trick his father, then when his father found out that he tricked him, what would he say? He should have said to him, the Beracha shouldn't work. Invalid. You know, it uh, doesn't count. You know, you gotta, we gotta, the ballot, you know, the, the election was rigged. That's what he should have said. Right? I, I do not accept it. I don't accept the results. That's what Yaakov, I mean, that he's, he's hot, should have said to Yaakov. But in fact, what does he say? Gam, Baruch Oh, he took the blessings? Yeah, 100%. You should get the blessings. So we see over here that it's more than meets the eyes, similar to the Transformers. Rabotai, there's a fantastic insight here. And Rav Galinsky explains it with a mashal, which is so spot on, I can't explain. He, uh, Rav Galinsky once uh, uh, came to a, a bus stop, and he sees an old man huddled over with a beard, a cane. And not only is he holding a cane in one hand, the guy has a stick in his other hand. 
and he's moving the stick like this, like this, like this, till he gets to the bus stop. Hazit, not only is he old, not only is he decrepit, not only is he bent over, he's also, he can't see, he's blind. Anyway, the rabbi gets up there, Hadad's moving his stick around, he smacks him in the leg, he sees somebody's there, he says, Silicha, somebody's here, are you here? The rabbi says, yeah, I'm here. Anochi Yaakov Glinsky. I'm here. He says, could you help me please? The rabbi says, of course, how can I help? He says, you know, I'm a Holocaust survivor. Baruch Hashem, I made it up to, to move up to the land of Israel. I had children, not only I have children, I have grandchildren. And tonight, my grandson is getting married in Yerushalayim. And I'm on my way to the wedding. But I can't see. Please could you help me, he says. Let me know when the 870 bus arrives and point me to the right bus. Let me, tell me the, the bus to get on. The rabbi says to the old man, he says, Mechila, I'm happy to help you. He says, but the 870 bus goes to Afula. The 470 bus goes to Yerushalayim. So I'll tell you when that bus, the guy, the old guy says, no, no. He says, I need the 870 bus. The rabbi says, but the sign, it says, it says the 870 is going to Afula. The guy says, no, no, don't mix me up. And he starts getting agitated. He says, I don't want to miss the wedding. You just need to tell me, when is the 870 bus going to come? Just tell me when the bus is. The rabbi is trying to argue with him. Doesn't work. You ever meet someone, an elderly person, stubborn, maybe he's not 100%, you know. They got 878. The rabbi knows if he sticks him on the 870, he's going to go to Afula, he's going to miss the wedding. The rabbi is sitting there in his mind and he's thinking, what should I do? The guy wants to get on the 870. I put him on the 870 to miss the wedding. If I put him on the 470, the bus he doesn't want to get on, he's actually going to get to the destination he wants to get to. What should I do? What would you do? You put the guy on the 870? Of course you put him on the 470. That's the direction he's trying to go to. Rabbi Galinsky said, Rabotai, that's Yitzhak Avinu. He's an elderly man and he's blind. He's trying to give the beracha to the one who's supposed to get it. But he thinks that the one who's supposed to get it is the 870. So what happens? Yaakov comes in and he says, Rohi, anochi, yeah, anochi esav dechorecha. I'm the 870. And he sticks him on the 470 bus. What's the proof that that's what Yitzhak Avinu wanted when he actually heard the Yaakveni Zepa'amayim that Esav had sold the Bechorah, that Esav had done so, what happens? He's happy to give the Berachat to Yaakov. That was the destination he wanted. He just didn't know where exactly he was putting it because he was blind. Rabotai, I have a question that bothered me my whole life. My whole life I was bothered. This question from the time I was a little child. When Esav says to Yitzhak Avinu, not only did he take the Berachot, but once upon a time, he tricked me into selling him the Bechorah. Yitzhak says, good, should go to Yaakov. Why didn't Yaakov sit down with his father? Instead of wearing the thing, da, 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 coming in, telling him somebody else, why doesn't he sit down with his father and say to him, Abba, I bought the Bechorah, it's mine. Here's the Shtar. I signed it, there's two witnesses, okay? Here, Fadal, look at it. Have someone look it over. The answer is Rabotai, that such a thing, Yitzhak could not believe about his son. Such a thing that someone that he would sell the Bechorah, 
No matter how many shtarot you would produce, Yitzhak Avinu wasn't capable of understanding that about Yitzhak, about Esav, his own son. It took Esav himself saying, I sold the Bechorah Yaakveni Zepa'amayim so that Yitzhak could believe it. So what's, Yitzhak, what's Yaakov to do? You see, our rabbis teach us that there's two separate things. One element of telling the truth is speaking words of truth. But the second is about causing truth to happen. We know there's a pasuk that says, Emet me'eretz titzmah. Truth, it, it, it bubbles up, it's uh, produced by, it grows from the earth. And what does that mean? The process of something growing organically is that as time goes on, a plant comes up. You don't throw a seed in the ground and poof, a tree pops up. The same thing is true, Rabotai. In our world, unfortunately, a lot that seems to be true masquerades as truth, but actually is sheker. You know, Esav's angel, next week's parasha, we find that Esav's angel has a throwdown with Yaakov Avinu. And he's fighting Yaakov. And the Midrash tells us something fascinating. Pa'am, sometimes the angel would seem to Yaakov like as if he was a robber. Uh, a, a warrior. And sometimes the angel would appear to Yaakov as if he was Zaken Talmid Chacham. And sometimes he would appear to Yaakov as if he was a Ro'etzon, a shepherd. Yaakov Avinu, by the end of the night, has one question for the angel What's your name? Who are you? I don't understand. You're this, you're this, you're this. Rabotai. The angel of a person is that which gives him koach. It's the spiritual representation of what the person is. The angel of Esav changes faces faster than you could say hachu because Esav changes faces faster than you could say hachu. Esav to his father made believe as if he was a big sadiq. Oh, Abba, how do I take ma'aser of salt? You don't have to take ma'aser of salt. The guy presented himself as if he was uber-religious. Abba, how big does my black hat have to be? You understand? He was going further and further and further, making his father think, if these are the questions he's asking me, how much more so, right? The other day, someone called me to ask about a shiduch. They said, there's a guy, you know, in your synagogue, seems like a very nice guy. You know, what kind of guy is he, religious guy? I said, listen, the guy called to ask me, if he needs to take to the Kelim Mikveh, to dip in the Mikveh, the filter of his Brita pitcher. That's a guy. If he's asking you questions like that, right? How that's not stealing from people? How that's not, uh, you know, breaking Shabbat? He's asking beautiful questions. But Esav was someone that was always changing his face, pretending to this one like he's this one. Sometimes you have people like that. In the synagogue, they seem very religious. Then outside, they're, you know, clubbing harder than anybody. Then after another thing, they're doing breaking all sorts of things just to seal the deal. They'll lie, they'll sell their mother down the river. So who they're standing in front of presents, they present a different face. Yaakov Avinu was a man of truth. There was no way he could convince Yitzchak that the Esav he was looking at was not the Esav. Because Yitzchak is saying, I know him. I see him every day. I know where Esav is. He would never do that. Yaakov has to come to him. And what does Yaakov do? He dresses as if he's someone else. Once he feels Yaakov's hands 
And Yaakov has the voice. What does he do? He speaks to his father. He says, please get up, father. Please sit down. Hashem, help me in the field. Can I ask you a question? You're going to go to such a distance to change your arm hair. Right? You can't say to your father, get up. You can't say to your dad, yeah, I did well in hunting. You have to say, Hashem brought all the hunting to me today. If you're trying to fool him, go all the way. They say certain actors, there's a method of acting called method acting. That you get so into the zone that if you're playing a role, then for six months, however long it takes you to film, you don't break character. Why? You want to be a, you want to sell, you want to sell the role. Yaakov, you're trying to fool your father. You went the distance to go and get the goats and do everything. He's wearing his clothes that he got from his mother's closet. Right? Why doesn't he just change the way he speaks? Abutai. That's exactly what Yaakov was trying to do. He was trying to show his father, look, you see, it seems like it's one thing. But then you hear the voice, it sounds like something else. That's what Esav is doing to you. He's giving you his voice on the one side, asking you the questions. But on the other hand, he's the hairy guy out there in the world being a, a ruthless uh, murderer. Don't you understand that he's not as if he's not representing the Emet? You're not taking the right bus to get to the destination you're trying to get to. Rabbi I learned from this an unbelievable idea. This concept that telling the truth sometimes is not about the words that we use, but about achieving the outcome that we want. Someone calls you and asks you about a shiduch. They want to know, what's this guy like? You know, is he a legit person, not a legit person? They ask you about a business deal. Rabotai, and then they ask you a question, actually, which does not tell you, tell you or tell them the answer to the question that they're really asking. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a guy, very religious guy, comes to you, wants to know if you should do business with someone who's not so religious. And he says to you, listen, you know, I don't want to get, get messed over in business by this guy. I don't want to, you know, have the guy tell me one thing and then not deliver. Is he a religious guy? Could I trust him? Rabotai, those two things are not the same question. Is he a religious guy and can I trust him are not the same question. You have guys that don't wear hats, they don't wear kippahs, they don't wear tzitzit, they don't come to shul, and they emet people. And you have people that wear everything, and they're dishonest people, Rabotai. It's a sad thing when you, come, when you come across scenarios like that, but it's unfortunately something that I've seen before in my life. So what's the answer to that question? The answer to the question that I'll give such a person is, I'll say, I don't know what he eats in his kitchen. I don't know what he does in his bedroom. I don't know where he is, you know. But I could tell you that I know this guy tells the truth and you could rely on him. That's the emet answer to that. What could I have said? I could have used emet language. I don't know, I never see the guy in shul. I didn't answer the real question. I wasn't mechaven. I didn't guide the person to the right place. Rabotai, there's two parts to emet. And yes, it is true that the words that come out of your mouth should be true, 100%. But Rabotai, there's a responsibility that we have in this world to allow emet to grow from the earth. To have an organic process develop into emet. Rabotai, 
I need to express this. You have a guy who's doing the wrong thing. And, and you come, hey, oh, ah, oh, you make him feel like he's a billion dollars. It's not emit. It's not emit. This is the best guy ever. It's not, it's, the words might be, you're using the words might be correct. But to flatter a sinner, to be machanif to a rasha is considered to be one of the worst things in the world. Because how's a person like that ever going to develop if every time he meets someone who's in the position to influence him, tells him, oh, there's nobody like you, you're the best, sadiq. You know, sometimes we're very, we're liberal with the language that we're using. A sadiq, if I'm a sadiq, the rabbi said I'm a, maybe, uh, you know, I don't need to change anything. Rabotai, it's not only it's upon us to say emit with our words, but to allow for, that's not emit that you're causing a rasha to feel comfortable with his rishout. You also have to make the person recognize when he's not doing something right, he's not doing something right. I'll tell you once, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky was someone who was a fierce, fierce advocate for emet. I've told you stories before about Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. But Rabbi he was someone who was very careful. And he saw a yeshiva, they made a fundraising event to keep the doors open, they need to play, you know, pay salaries, you know, feed the, you know, pay the teachers, keep the building, you know, yeshiva, they're learning Torah, a Jewish school, right? What could be a better cause than that? And they did an event, and they had a bingo event, okay? And everyone would come, and you play the game, and money to enter, they raise money like that. Rav Yaakov comes to him and he says, I don't, what are you, what's a yeshiva doing running a bingo event? <laughs> He says, it's like, he says, I feel like it's like gambling. Now, whether it is or it isn't, is not really the point of the story. So don't ask me now, oh, I went to an event. Not the question. He said, it's a gambling event. The, the man answered him. He said, but Rabbi, it's not harmless. It's not a, they're not, they're not going to a casino. They're coming to spend some money to, to sponsor, to help the yeshiva keep its doors open. The rabbi said, who told you? that your organization and that your school needs to stay open. If you're not teaching them Torah, Hashem will figure out a way to open up another yeshiva. If it's not the right thing to do, then the ends don't justify the means. If it's not emet, so then what is your school standing for? You're going to use a sheker way? He was very strict with people that they were getting grants from the government. You know, this like that. Did you tell the absolute truth in the document? Did you change what your organization is about in order to fit into the category? How dare you? I'm doing it for the sake of Torah. The Torah doesn't need you to lie for it. God doesn't need sheker in order to give you. And if it requires sheker for you to stay open, then you're not supposed to stay open. That's the only way to keep your doors open. It's God's message that you're not an emet. You're not an emet organization. And I'll end with this, Rabotai. Rabbi Nussin Sherman's uh, nephew once came to him and said, I have a great story for you. He says, says, go ahead. He says, one of my guys who prays in my shul, he went to a certain store in the neighborhood. And the guy was selling clothing, fashion, whatever. So he wanted to buy something. I don't know if it was a jacket, whatever. He says, I want to buy the jacket. How much is a jacket? Guy says two hundred. He says two hundred. Okay. He goes. 
could you give it to me for 150 uh, you know a, a little bit expensive i don't usually spend that much give me one the guy says listen I, I i buy it from the manufacturer it costs me 125 i sell to you 150 i can't keep the lights on so i would love to but you know but 200 is my price the guy says look i hear you know you only bought okay here's 200 a little a week later the guy gets the bill from his supplier and he sees that the jacket actually wasn't 125 it was 100 now he's thinking he calls the guy back guy gets a phone call this the man uh, in the Rabbi Sherman's nephew's shul and he says hi I'm calling you from the store he says when I sold you the jacket and you agreed you say pay 200 right he says I told you that my cost was 125 but actually I got my bill it's 100 he says, and I know that you gave me the 200 because I told you that that was my profit margin. But if you would have known that my profit margin was larger, I don't know if you would have agreed to pay me 200 200 was the price of the jacket. It's not like he's ripping him off. He's telling him. He, all he, did, he just told him that that was the price differential. Once that wasn't true, he felt the need to call him back and say to him, it's not 125 it was 100 Is it okay? He's still happy with the 200 price. The guy told him, I never saw such honesty. Fadal, keep the money. Azaku Baruch. By the way, lesson, when you're honest, you don't lose. But beyond that, he says to Rabbi Sherman, how honest is this guy? You're shaking your heads. Wow, everyone, wow. Rabbi Sherman looks at his son, his, son, his uh, nephew, and he shakes his head. He says, it's a beautiful story. But what a shame it is that we are impressed with people who are honest. That's how our world should be. We should be surprised when someone is not acting that way. Rabotai, sometimes a person thinks to themselves, business, it's business. Let me tell him this is what I bought it for. Let me tell him I'm only making. Let me tell him, let me tell him, let me tell him. Rabotai, not only are the words that you're saying not true, you are a contributing factor. So the fact that emet in this world is a surprising thing. The more we chip away at this, the more we teach with our words and with our actions, that we have to live lives of emet, that we need to represent that truth and honesty shouldn't be surprising, it should be the norm, the less surprising it will be. And we will turn an alma de shikra, a world of lies, a world that sells you everything in order to buy, sell you a product. We will turn that world into a world of emet, the world of Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Amen.